I'm Gary Bembridge, and this is Tips for Travellers, the global travel destination podcast. Each month, a new destination is featured with recommendation, advice, and tips based on the first-hand travel experience I gain from the two to three times a month I travel all over the world. You may also want to check out the Tips for Travellers video podcast, a sister podcast which features videos I've made of hotel rooms or attractions with commentary and recommendations linked to the destination featured each month in this audio podcast. To find out more, visit tipsfortravellers.com. For Travellers is spelt with two L's, the UK way, or email me at gary at mytravelreviews.co.uk. You can subscribe to one or both of the podcasts by searching for Tips for Travellers or Gary Bembridge on iTunes or your favourite podcast directory. Madrid is a city that over the last 15 or more years I have been in and out of more times than I can remember for work. And I realised that I'd seen almost nothing of it and knew very little about it. This is one of the dangers and risks of business travel. You can get lazy and forget that there are exciting places to explore. And so as I had a meeting in Madrid, I booked to stay for the weekend to explore this exciting city. And very pleased I am that I did so. The weekend was not really enough to see all that the city has to offer. Madrid is the third largest city in Europe, based on population after London and Berlin. Situated almost slap bang in the centre of the Iberian Peninsula, Madrid is the capital of Spain with a very long history. There are huge wide streets and boulevards, and across the years there have been major and grand plans as the city expanded, which meant the city has a sense and feeling of open spaces and feels less cramped, cluttered and rushed. The whole city has a sense of style, and although busy, does not feel as hectic as many of the other major European capitals. There are many beautiful areas in the city, with grand buildings, stylish shops, and around parts of town there are statues and artworks dotted around in the walkways. Saying that, the city has a very clear business feel about it, which is not a surprise, as the city is the centre of commercial activity for Spain. Some parts of the city are more of a mishmash and very conflicting styles of architecture, but overall the city is very stylish. Madrid and Spain are renowned for amazing food. There are incredible restaurants all around the town. One thing you will need to get used to, though, is that in Spain things only start late, and so it's very hard to find great places to eat until at least after 9pm and later into the night. This is also true of bars. It's part of the culture and so expect to be out late. One thing I find interesting is that on the tours and generally around, one got a sense that the history of the city ignores the Franco period almost entirely, and there's no reference to that period in the 1960s. There there is a lot about the royal family both before and after this traumatic period in time in Spanish history. If you're flying in, one thing to note is that the Madrid Barreas International Airport is a monster of a place, huge, sprawling and cavernous, also a little confusing. So assume it will take time to get through, both on arrival and departure. We saw many harassed people trying to get through it and trying to get to their gates on time. So based on my travels and experiences, here are my top tips of things to do for a weekend visit to this vibrant city. The first tip is the open top bus tour. I often recommend these when first visiting a city, and for Madrid, this is no exception. There are two routes, one for modern and one for historical Madrid, and they cross paths at some points. 
There are very, very, very many stops, and if you buy a ticket, you can chop and change between the two routes. A ticket costs around 17.5 euros for a day, and you can get on and off as much as you like. They start at about 10 a.m. and run into the early evening. You get earphones, and there's a commentary in about five languages. The commentary, to be honest, is not that good, and mostly just tells you what you're seeing on either side of the road without much about the background or the history. It's a pity, as you mostly get a list of buildings with very little background or insight or anecdotes or stories. I think this is a missed opportunity, as the map you're given is pretty much the same. And I noticed that a lot of people in Madrid, as visitors, were using guidebooks on the tour, and I guess this is where you get more background and probably is advisable. My second big tip is the Royal Palace of Madrid, which is the Palacio Real de Madrid. This is definitely a must-stop see in Madrid. Although this is the official residence of the Spanish royal family, they do not actually live here, and it's used for a combination of tourist attraction and major meetings and events. It's a huge complex that consists of the palace, and you can also visit the royal armory and the royal pharmacy. It's a very popular attraction, and so to avoid staying along lines, either get there early or consider buying a Madrid sightseeing pass that gives you entry to a few attractions, and for the palace has a special entrance for holders of this pass. You can't take photos inside the palace, which is a pity, as it's very beautiful and very stunning, but you can take them of the outside, and there are great views from the courtyard. There's a very large shop at the entrance or the exit to which are both the same, and you can get guidebooks, cards, and so on if you want pictures of the inside of the palace. There's an audio tour, or you can take hosted tours, and if you actually can't be bothered, there are small cards inside all of the rooms explaining what the room is and the history, so you can do it as fast or as slowly as you want. The rooms are huge, they're impressive, and one thing to really note is the most incredible chandeliers. The armory, which is down in the basement, is quite breathtaking. It's full of coats of armour for the people and the horses they rode. It's a massive collection. It's very, very impressive. So the, the Royal Palace of Madrid, the Palacio Real de Madrid, is definitely a must-see. My third tip is the Palace of Communications, or the Palacio de Comunicaciones. This is an absolutely stunning white building in a beautiful big square with a fountain in front. It was originally built as the post office and communication center in 1909, but it no longer operates that, and it's been restored and revamped into this huge open building full of glass, exhibition centers, and stunning viewing platforms on the top of the building with amazing views of Madrid. The city council actually meets in the building as well. The whole place, it's stunning, it's striking, it has ornate ceilings, it has glass walkways, it always has incredible exhibitions going on. Space of the viewing platforms on the top of the building is limited and you need to queue and wait, but it's well worth doing because the views are impressive. That's the Palacio de Comunicaciones, it's the Palace of Communications, it's a real must-see, it's a beautiful, beautiful building. So my fourth tip is the Old Town and the Mercado de San Miguel Market. Now, a great area of the town to stroll about in is the Old Town. There are parts of it which are quite touristy trap, as you would expect in, in, in most big cities. But there are a lot of very interesting squares and different little places to eat in. So that's the Old Town. Now, one of the best, and I again would stress, <coughs> must-go-to places is the Mercado Sangiel Market, and if you want to get the correct spelling of that, you can go to the, my blog at 
www.tipsfortravelers.com and search for Madrid if you want the exact spelling. This market, it's a renovated cast iron and glass building. It's open all day and quite late into the night. And it's packed full of food stalls selling all sorts of things. They have tapas bars, they have cake shops, they have sweets, they have fresh fruit, fish, meat. It's amazing place. It's incredibly beautiful and exciting and vibrant. There's many places where you can stand or, you, or sit and eat. And the whole place has huge energy and passion. And it's definitely, definitely well worth a diversion to find it and enjoy it. The area around it is also very interesting. There's winding streets, there's old buildings, there's a big open square that in summer has tables and chairs to sit outside and eat and drink. So the old town, but focused on that market, the Mercado de Sangueo market, is a definite, definite must-do. So my fifth tip is around museums. And there are, of course, as you would expect in any big city, a lot of museums. But there's two that I think you should really think about. One is the Natural History Museum. And the other one is the Biblioteca Nacional de España, as you can tell them probably good at Spanish. So there are a remarkable number of museums and art galleries in Madrid. It's not a surprise, as in any big city, but also in terms of Spain with its history of, of art and, and so on. Now... One of the best places to go if you want to find out more is a website, which again is linked on my blog, which is madrid.world-guides.com slash museums. And you can find out much more about the list of museums or in the guidebook. But if you have limited time, there's two that I really think you should focus on. And they're very easy to get to if you're using the bus tour tickets that I spoke about before. The Biblioteca, it's in very close walking distance also of the Palace of Communications I talked about earlier. It holds all the major documents and books from right across the Spanish history. It's an impressive, grand building with statues and sweeping staircases. And it's incredibly beautiful, worth visiting, very easy to find, and very interesting. Now, the other museum is the Natural History Museum. It's an impressive building. It's much closer to the business part of town, but again, you can get to it on, on, on the on-off tour bus. It has these beautiful gardens, and it has monuments uh, dedicated to the new constitution and they have a lot of technology they have very interactive exhibits and it's really worth doing now both of these obviously take a lot of time to explore so if you on a weekend trip you probably need to choose one of them to explore and i would probably recommend the natural history museum which is actually also not that far from real madrid's um stadium if you wanted to have a quick diversion look at that as well my last tip is shopping now madrid and Spain is known for style. And Madrid has a lot of style. And as well as the more quirky shops and restaurants in Old Town, you can actually head into a much more upmarket shopping area, which has streets full of just the smartest brands and names. Now, when in Spain and in Madrid, the one place that you must visit is the famous El Corte Inglés. Now, this is the upmarket Spanish department store chain. It's famous in Spain. It is sort of like the gold standard of department stores, El Corte Inglés. There's a number of them dotted around the city, and you must visit them. It's kind of, you can't come to Spain, you can't go to Madrid without spending some time at El Corte Inglés. So that's Madrid. It's a beautiful city. You can spend a lot of time there. Um, on my blog at www.tipsfortravels.com, 
You can also find a couple of hotels that we stayed at, the Gran Milio Phoenix Hotel, which is a beautiful five-star hotel, uh, and it's really quite stunning. Or if you want something more reasonable, there's the Mikuro Santo Domingo, and you can find reviews on that as well. Also on the blog, you'll find some links to the Madrid car that I spoke about uh, and some links to all the places that I spoke about. So Madrid, it's stylish, it's Spanish, and it's fabulous, and I hope you enjoy it. You've been listening to Tips for Travellers, the global travel destination podcast. A new destination with first-hand based advice, recommendations and tips is added each month. If you subscribe to the podcast, thanks for your support. If you don't, you may want to consider subscribing by searching Tips for Travellers or Gary Bembridge on iTunes or your favourite podcast directory. You can then subscribe to the Tips for Travellers Global Travel Destination audio podcast or the video podcast with hotel rooms and attractions. To find out more, visit tipsfortravellers.com where travellers spelled the UK way with two L's or email me at gary at mytravelreviews.co.uk.